Welcome to the Horsewise Podcast with Lynn Reardon, where we share stories of horses and people and what they teach each other. On today's episode, I'll be talking with Jennifer Holm about how classical horsemanship is helping her with her dressage goals. Jennifer is a Horsewise client, dedicated dressage rider, and the owner of two wonderful horses, Teddy and Hade. I hope you enjoy the show and have a wonderful day. Today on the podcast, I have Jennifer Holm. She is an adult amateur rider with two of possibly the coolest horses I've ever met, and I've met a lot of horses. Uh, one is named Teddy, and the other is Hade. And I thought Jennifer would make a great podcast guest because of sort of the journey she's had with her horses and maybe how some goals and so forth have changed over the years. So Jennifer, welcome. Thank you so much, I'm happy to be here. Well, tell our listeners a little bit about you and how you came to horses and... Glad to. Um, So as you said, I'm an adult amateur. I've been um, an amateur for quite a long time. Um, I initially um, got into horses when I was a young child and I was a... um, I think at that point I had developed what I'd like to call a healthy respect for, for horses. Not a fear, but definitely healthy respect. I had um, started riding when I was young and then had quite a bad accident when I was oh, no. little. Yeah, and I got thrown from a horse that had gotten spooked by a motorcycle, um, got launched over the head, of course wasn't wearing a helmet, um, but luckily didn't get, um, my, my arm got broken at the growth plate and it was kind of a somewhat traumatizing event. So, um, so I took after that, kind of a long break from horses. So from probably age seven to age 27, I kind of didn't wow. do much riding. I went to my other hobby, which was dance, and I danced for a long time. Um, but then when I was in graduate school as an adult, fast forward, um, I was at UCLA, and a friend of mine had signed up for a riding class. It was a jump, jumper class with a barn that UCLA Sports had contracted with up in Topanga Canyon. Oh, and nice. it was beautiful. really beautiful. It was lovely. And I started taking riding lessons up there. And I was doing um, hunter-jumper stuff up there, and I felt like I had been reborn. I mean, it sounds so cheesy, but I just felt <laughs> Not alive to my again. listeners, they yeah. don't. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of your listeners might relate to that sense. Mm-hmm. I just still remember the night I came home from my first class, and I just thought, oh my gosh, I have just found my passion again, and I was just thrilled. And ever since then, I have been absolutely hooked. So um, uh, we've since moved to Texas, and I had been doing hunter-jumper stuff for a while, taking um, a a lot of lessons with different trainers Mm -hmm. and on lesson horses. So much of my adult life, it's been a lot of lesson horses until I had the great fortune to land here at Graymar Farm Mm -hmm. and um, come to know Penny Reeves, who helped me find my first horse, Teddy, who you know very well. And for listeners, Uh uh, we did a two-part interview series with Penny Reeves Mm -hmm. that uh, you should look up on the podcast because she's amazing and just has a really unique background with horses. And tends to just create this incredible tone at Graymar mm-hmm. where horsemanship and optimism and everything's very constructive and fun. And I, I always felt like this was the, I wish that I'd had this barn when I was a child. It's just so great what she creates. Yeah, so. I felt exactly the same way. And it's interesting because having been a student that never had her own horse, I'd always been taking rides on lesson horses, and I never quite found a place where I felt um, honestly, very safe a lot of times, mm-hmm. you know, because I think um, when you're taking lessons, they sort of put you on a horse, you don't know the horse, you don't have a relationship with that horse. 
Um, and so I, I took lessons at a number of different barns and I certainly enjoyed my time. But when I kind of got here to Graymar, it was a different feeling. You know, one of the main reasons, of course, is Penny and the tone that she sets around positivity. But also there's a lot of really um, knowledge and respect around horsemanship here mm -hmm. that really um, immediately made me feel like, okay, this is a place where I feel safe, I feel like um, I'm not going to get hurt. <laughs> um, I still am probably somewhat traumatized by my childhood uh, falls, and I've had a number of falls since then. Um, and so it just was, a, you know, when I got here, I was so happy to, to find my home and, um, and then begin to work with the trainers here. So It's yeah. great. And now tell us about Teddy. Yeah, Teddy, oh gosh, he is just, um, as you know, I'm the best horse, I, I think, uh, ever. <laughs> um, he is, um, it's interesting because when um, when um, I was looking for Teddy, I'd approached Penny and I said, my, my daughters were age six and eight at the time, Aww. and I said, you know, because I have this healthy respect uh, for horses, I really need a horse that's going to be safe for my children. Mm -hmm. um, that's the, my number one priority. So I don't really care about the discipline the horse is trained in. I don't really even care that much about the horse's confirmation. I'm just looking for a horse with a good brain that I can really trust with the, my two most precious uh, things in my life. Um, my daughters. So, um, sure, you know, Penny, who's the expert in understanding horses' brains, she went out and found Teddy, who had been, um, his career, he'd been a rainer and also um, a pack horse. He's been out on trails. Um, and so he, that was sort of his career. Even though I had been doing hunter jumper and English stuff, you know, he was in this Western discipline. Um, and so when we got him, I mean, he's just, you know, was and still continues to be just a really great sound horse with a really great brain. I instantly felt like I could trust him with my daughters who have since shown me that they're not that interested in riding, which is fine. <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> it's all good. But um, what's interesting is when I got him, I thought, well, you know, he's been trained in Western riding. Why don't I give that a go? I'll just try the kind of riding oh, my cool. horse knows. So for a few years there, I dabbled in some Western um, horse stuff and then, um, and then later um, got into some Western dressage and then classical dressage after that. But, um, but Teddy has been just a dream to own. You know, he's a little bit like a puppy dog, which sometimes can, you know, you can forget he's a horse. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a great guy. I just love him. Yeah, and then it's interesting that this Western... Mm -hmm. Reigning horse, pack horse is yeah. the horse that brought you to classical dressage, which is what yeah. you are focused on now. Yeah, it's so interesting. Um, so I give um, Penny quite a bit of credit for that. Um, we were uh, working on Western things that he knew. So again, the ranch horse, he knows reining, so we were doing sliding stops and all that fun stuff. But Penny had kind of gotten turned on to Western dressage, and so she said, well, let's try some stuff with him. And I just, it just clicked. I just really loved it. And so I sort of, that was sort of the beginning of what has now become a mild obsession with dressage in general. <laughs> Seems to happen with dressage <laughs> yes, quite a it bit. Does. It's so crazy. No one but dressage riders probably can understand. It's like it. equestrian chess. Like it is. you really never quite are ever gonna master yeah. it, but exactly. it's so much fun. And I think that's the appeal, right? Is that there's sort of there's this you never stop learning, you know, there's always something to figure out. I always sort of liken it, um, as I'm learning more, I sort of feel like when I initially started out, I, th I was certain there was only five colors on the color bar. And now I, every kind of stage, I sort of see all these different shades of purple and green oh, and, cool. and you know, it's sort of um, prism, yeah. prism and you don't almost know what you don't know until you kind of learn more and more and it unlocks more and more. Now, you know, the, the beauty and challenge of it, of course, is you're never going to master, <laughs> completely master it, but that's okay. I think maybe it's a, is this writing is for masochists? I don't know, the people that don't ever, but I, uh, yeah. I like to think it's for people who, who aspire to always be growing. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that I sounds like better than that. masochistic. That's right. <laughs> it's exactly. just a more positive way exactly. to put it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like. I think that's very true. So, um, yeah. But, uh, but when we were, you know, starting to work with Teddy on some Western dressage, I think what I really appreciated was that I could see his physique actually improving. So one of the things that the listeners won't know is what Teddy looks like, and he's not a very big horse. Um, He's um, not quite 15 hands, and he kind of looks like a wiener dog. He does. <laughs> he's sort of like a wiener dog. Very so, sturdy, he's very, uh, very, yes. very well built. He's a wear belt. He's a muscular wiener dog, yeah. and you sort of feel like if his legs were maybe each six to eight inches longer, he'd be perfectly you know, yeah. balanced, but he's a long, short horse, and so um, he'd actually developed some back issues, and actually even at one point, he we would be out riding and he would just you know, indicate to us by stopping and just backing up. Um, he's like, I do not want to do this. I'm going to get you get on me. I'm going to back up until you get off, um, which you know, um, we realized was really a physical issue. It wasn't a training issue. So, so um, with the dressage, we were working with him. You know, I could just see his physique improved, his back improved. Mm -hmm. went, from one point, um, Dr. Ogannett, Austin Equine, had done some injections for kind of a kissing spine thing. Oh, we've yeah, never, that? yeah, we've never had to do that again. Oh, that's uh, since, awesome. Since dressage, he's been doing dressage. You know, we um, often have to do maintenance in terms of hawks and stifles. Um, we've sort of had to do those less frequently um, with the dressage. So I've just really appreciated not only kind of the, the beauty and fluidity of the sport, of, of that discipline, um, but also just the physical benefits that come the, with it. The gymnastic yeah. benefit yeah. is incredible. And even if you never compete in dressage, if you just mm -hmm. stick to some of the classical in hand, yeah. uh, some of the groundwork, and then yeah. doing just very simple exercises under saddle can really improve horse's physique, I feel like, yeah. and it helps bring out the best that they can be. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and how old is Teddy? Teddy is now 21 years old. So I got him at age 13. He's now 21. And the funny part is, Penny and I often joke, he sort of seems younger than ever. ever. He seems to be getting younger, not older. Um, he's, you know, he's maintained his physical health really well, despite some challenges with his teeth and other things, but overall his physique is doing great. And so, yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's really just growing old gracefully. So I hope that I can aspire to do the same. <laughs> <laughs> we keep doing dressage. That'll, right, that'll right, exactly, exactly. And then I remember talking to you earlier mm -hmm. this year and mm -hmm. you had said, hey, I might want to work with HorseWise a little bit on groundwork because I'm looking at getting yeah. a young dressage prospect. And mm -hmm. I really enjoyed that conversation with you, and this is one of the things I thought would be interesting for my listeners, is that idea that you uh, had decided that you were going to get, quote, your dream horse, meaning a horse that you could do things for the future with that were bigger goals. And some people never have that opportunity. Some people stumble across their dream horse, but I thought it was so cool that you were sort of taking the time, and it was a very methodical search that you did, as I recall, and not rushing, which is really tempting, as yeah. we know, in this age of internet instant gratification, buy this horse now. Um, and so tell us about that, how you came yeah. to that decision and then what horse you selected. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, one of the things that Teddy's in great health, but he um, encountered some teeth problems and other things. So I thought, you know, um, he's getting older and I did want to find kind of a, a horse that I could, um, you know, go up the levels within dressage and compete. Um, but being in my, in my um, other life, I'm a researcher, so I'm right. very methodical about everything and I'm very careful and I overthink oftentimes, but, but that often can have some benefits um, in terms of taking my time. Um, but what's interesting is, um, is um, and I'm old enough to know what I don't know, what is the conscious incompetence sort of thing, mm -hmm. you know, the sense that I need to um, 
I, I really needed to make sure that if I'm going to do this, not only being really careful and learning as much as I can about the kind of horse I'm going to invest in, but also the other piece is to make sure that I start this horse in a way that I feel comfortable with. Again, circling back to that theme of you know, um, feeling a respect for horses and trying to make sure that I'm doing this safely. One of the things in um, horse shopping, this is the first time I really shop for my own horse because Penny had found Teddy for right. me. Um, and you know, the interesting thing, I, I learned a lot about shopping for horses, but my budget was okay, but it wasn't gonna buy me a finished horse by right. any means. You're not gonna and, buy a Grand Prix. Mm, exactly, right, yeah. I'm not gonna buy a 10 year old horse that's Grand Prix, right? Yeah. I needed, and as we all know, oftentimes you can get um, well-bred horses that are younger for a better price. So that was mm. sort of why I was like, okay, you know, realistically, I probably, with my budget, probably need to start on the younger end. But knowing that um, that is going to require a whole set of skills that I just don't have. Um, and so that's when I kind of approached you and I thought, you know, this would be a really great thing to, to, to have and to know um, and, and all of that. So, um, so yeah, I went on the search um, and I always like to say that I went out searching for a 16-hand brown, warm blood, and I, came, and I came back with a 15 hand gray dapple Lusitano, um, who is... Sounds about right. Yes, exactly, exactly, um, you know, which is kind of like, I think it's dating, right? If you, it I always sort of say, if you found the person that is not your type, that's going to be the one, somehow, right, 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 somehow, right. that's the right fit. Um, and uh, I, hope, I don't know if my husband will ever listen, but that's super true with him. <laughs> but um, but yeah, he um, he's a so Hade is the name. His, it's spelled Jade, but pronounced Hade. He was bred in Mexico, and he's a Lusitano, and he is just a, a great little guy. And um, but I've had him now for I guess it's been I want to say this is ten weeks. And um, it seems so much longer. It does you, seem you so much longer. I feel like you guys really have a great relationship. Yeah, well, and I think it's a, a lot in thanks. I mean, I, I really do tell everybody this is a lot in thanks to the work I've done with you and through the oh, Horsewise program because um, truly that transformed that relationship. And, and I, you know, it's been a, I knew it was going to be a learning opportunity. I, when I first got him, I honestly, every day my heart was racing. You know, I felt like I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I was really um, on this more fearful end. And once I began to work and get some skills and get some communication skills with him. Now I'm just, you know, 10 weeks later, I'm, you know, just feel like excited to go, relaxed. I feel like I have tools that I can use if things go wrong, which of course they're going to. So it's just been a really great journey. I'm really feel oh, very you. privileged to have this journey. Well, and from the start, you and he seem like a really good team. And I think that that's something that you maybe left out of your discussion of of the horse shopping process, why he's not the 16-hand brown worm blood, yeah. is that you really paid attention to that click. Mm -hmm. And so why don't you talk about that just a little bit? Because yeah. he is such a cool horse. Yeah. Of course, I'm biased. but Yeah. <laughs> he's awesome. And I really, I mean, it's so funny. I hadn't even quite thought of this breed or anything, but I even went to look at that um, breeder at the recommendation of a, a local friend who's, you know, dressage expert and, and, and knew this particular breeder. Um, but when I, and so when I got there, I, I was sort of like, well, again, doing my due diligence, being methodical, I was like, well, I'm going to, you know, make myself try this breed, um, even though I always thought it was very beautiful, but I, again, I had my mindset on the, my mindset on the warm blood. Um, but I got there and I really was just so pleasantly surprised at the beauty and the elegance of these horses. And I tried a few of them. Um, and it was really funny because when the when we they first introduced me to Hade, they said, well, you know, he may be a little smaller than you're looking for. And as soon as I saw him, I said, well, yeah, he is. <laughs> and then I initially almost wrote him off. I felt so bad. But then as soon as I got on him, I mean, he just had this very sincere spirit. 
Um, I, I still can picture his little face looking over the stall door, just saying sort of this expression like, hey guys, what's up? You know, he has this sort of warm, friendly, uh, adorable little attitude. Um, and so I just felt that just that heart kind of clicked with me. Um, in addition to lots of conversations with the trainer about kind of how he handles different situations and making sure that I'm getting a horse that, you know, um, within all reason, he was four at the time, so every four-year-old reacts, but that kind of seemed to have the range, you know, the scope that I was looking for. Um, but yeah, he just, he just, there was something in my heart that just uh, said, you yeah, know, he's the one. Yeah, so. that's so cool. <laughs> and then he, he must have felt pretty good mm -hmm. physically under saddle, meaning oh just, so, just like, because... I only saw you really, I think I've seen you ride once or twice, yeah. but you just look like you fit together. Yeah. And um, he looks like he takes up quite a lot of leg. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's, oh, he's, he's lovely to ride. I mean, he's just as just so smooth and so wonderful. And when I got on him, you know, he, he had only been in training um, for maybe eight months total in terms of dressage, but he knows a lot. He's kind of funny because I always joke, he's, he, Lusitano's developed later, so he's just turned five and, and um, my trainer and I were laughing. He looks physically in some ways more like a three-year-old. Um, he's real narrow, um, but he is just as cute as can be and built, you know, just for this sport. So his trot is so smooth, his canter is dreamy, and not to disparage my current horse who's lovely, but he is a bouncy, bouncy truck. <laughs> so poor Teddy, my poor, my poor wienered horse, uh, well, that's Teddy. A, it's, a, it's a long way for the diagonals to exactly. go. You got the long wiener back, so exactly, that's exactly. not going to be a passage kind of no, movement. No, not at all. Yeah, so um, so Hade has been um, just really physically, it's, it's been very, very fun to ride. And then um, also just then to be in saddle and we've kind of built this relationship that is that's really just um, We're getting the communication that I, it's just really been a lot of fun. That's so exciting And then yeah. tell us a little bit about your dressage trainer. Yeah, yeah So I um, have the great fortune of training with Nancy Fair uh, here out in Dripping Springs um, at Fair Oaks Farms and as I got um, when I was here at Graymar and working on um, with Teddy on a lot of um, dressage, I got again more obsessed with dressage into classical dressage and then decided that um, it would be great if I could train with um, this local trainer Nancy because she's this you know amazing expert in mm -hmm. all this knowledge and of course has this wonderful reputation and so we'd haul over there and take lessons with Teddy and that was just a lot of fun. Um, uh, but um, we actually were even getting the point where we were going to enter a rated show, but that's when Teddy kind of encountered the teeth problems and all right. of that stuff. Um, but yeah, Nancy is just, um, you know, this, um, I, I, I like her training because it's really consistent with a lot of the principles of this groundwork that we're doing, which is a lot of, you know, positivity, reward, release, um, communicating what you want, supporting the horse, setting them up to be successful. Um, so yeah, it's been a lot of fun and we're already talking about, you know, we're working on training level stuff and oh, cool. sending some, setting some goals in terms of maybe, you know, ideally if uh, all goes well, maybe a schooling show this uh, December, maybe, maybe a show in the spring. Who That'd knows? be perfect. That'd be, That'd really, be really perfect. Yeah. And then one of the things I find really interesting about working with you again is the methodical approach, you know, dressage and, and your background, of course, professionally. And uh, so you seem to pick up on a lot of principles really quickly. and once you felt maybe a little bit more comfortable with what you know, it is kind of learning a weird dance right yes. it's like what am i doing with this flag what's happening yes, yes. um but do you mind for the read for the readers for the listeners do you mind uh, kind of going over what in your opinion you see the correlations between mm -hmm. what you're going to be doing with Hade under saddle mm -hmm. versus what you're doing with him on the ground and the same for teddy too because yeah. there were also similar things yeah. going on there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, what's interesting because um, 
we had been, and I, I don't know if you mind if I tell the story a little bit about kind of, you know, the, the little moment of um, It's a of podcast. Problems. We, we want you to yes, tell the stories. Yes, tell the stories, <laughs> right, exactly. The story, all the but stories. the moment that I sort of, you know, almost it sometimes takes a big problem to help you kind of unlock, I think, a lot of things. Um, and so we had been working with Hade, um, you know, building some of that communication, but we, you know, given things were busy, I hadn't had, an, you know, probably enough sessions there, but then he um, had... Um, when I wasn't there, um, you know, the, as things happened with horses, someone had led him through the gate and totally, you know, no fault of their own, but he had tripped and fallen and I think the gate had had landed on his rump or something and it, he had gone into the electric fencing. Mm. So he got, the gate hit him, he got zapped, he was really um, stressed. totally stressed out and, and thought that from then on seemed to think the gate was a dragon. So, um, Which so, is problematic for day-to-day -day activities right. exactly, like, like, exactly. like going to the barn. Going to the barn, getting, getting your horse out of the field, right, getting right. the horse into the field, right. all these things. So he would, you know, come approach the uh, approach the entry to the gate and rush through like it was, you know, going to kill him. And then um, so that was all very exciting. Um, and he wouldn't also want to go through said gate. So I think um, that really also just, um, you know, we'd been developing these grammar skills, but that made me realize like, okay, I need to set everything for just a little bit on the back burner and we're going to kind of get through this. But through this problem solving, you know, it was kind of like a quick ramping up of my skills. Um, we just developed this, um, you know, this language around, um, okay, um, you know, I can be trusted to be your leader. I'm mm -hmm. going to keep you safe. And, but also at the same time, you have to hold up your end of the bargain in terms of, you know, um, being responsive to me. So we're going to have this line of communication that is, um, you know, we're going to both hold up our end of the deal, but I'm going to, um, but I'm also to someone to be trusted. And then mm -hmm. we have this language that I, not only that, but I, I understand you, and I know, that, and I'm going to make sure that you can understand me. Mm -hmm. And and probably a lot of professional trainers have that language sort of, and that skill set sort of built, baked into their DNA of all their years of working with horses. Mm -hmm. But as an adult amateur, um, these are things I needed, really needed explicit instruction in. Mm -hmm. I, you know, and so that was so incredibly helpful to you know start to work with him and ramp it up and say, okay, if you take two steps this way, I'm going to reward you because you you approach the scary thing and. I'm, I'm, you're, you're doing what I'm asking, and I'm, uh, I'm understanding what you're thinking. So, so I think a lot of that um, really helped build this, this trust that, um, and this, the sense of calm in him mm -hmm. that he could then start to tune out a lot of the noise I think that was going on in his head mm -hmm. to under saddle start I think listening to me more as well. I've, I really found that. I think he started to look you up yeah. is what we call yeah. it. Meaning, and by we I just mean people who focus on this odd horsemanship yes. like I do, but he started to look you up. Mm -hmm. And one thing you didn't mention in the story is mm -hmm. that there was a clinician, Linda Hoover, right. who'd come out and she had been working with Lope and Horsewise sponsored that clinic for the Lope yes. interns. And she came, she had the day that she happened to come out to work with you, you were trying to get him out from the yes. field and you were like, this is perfect timing. It was such perfect and, timing. and so she was really instrumental. And for my listeners, yeah. I'll have links to her Facebook page. She's great clinician and teacher. Look her up. Um, show you right away some of the sort of the dance moves mm -hmm. and I would say also you're not quite giving yourself enough credit so because of the dressage background and again the analytical personality that you had you picked up pretty quickly that the things that you were that he needed to feel more confident about or that you would ask him to do were related to biomechanics and gymnastics so moving moving an inside front swinging it in, that actually has benefit gymnastically. Mm -hmm. And so it's not That's just right. like, I want you to move any old way. Right. 
And so that's one of the reasons I think you really picked up on, hey, this is not just some weird, like, uh, new age stuff yeah. where we caper around with funny outfits on. Right. But it's actually based a lot on the classical foundation horsemanship you even see yeah. in the Spanish riding school. Yeah. It's just done uh, a lot with a lot less elegant wardrobe compared to how they do it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And so I think that's yeah. one of the reasons you need to give yourself yeah. credit for mm -hmm. that, that you caught onto that pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, well, I think it's also true because I think a lot of a lot of those principles around yielding the pressure. I think those are really important principles that apply in dressage. Um, you know, transferring of weight. Um, yes. That's what a foot huge is stuck? One. What foot is stuck? stuck. Um, using the front versus the hind, yielding the um, shoulders. Those are all things that are huge things in terms of accomplishing lateral work in dressage and in terms of accomplishing collection. And, um, and so all of these things really transfer in a really, a really big way. But yeah, I think going back to your point about Linda, that was the, the funniest day I'll <laughs> say. It was really, she was literally heaven sent because it was this day that he had just decided I'm not going through that gate. And I was coming to bring him out to work with her to you know engage in this clinic that she had so kindly agreed to do with me um, or the session and I couldn't literally couldn't get him out of the field and I truly had no idea what to do so you and Linda had pulled up and I'm standing there in the field with my horse <laughs> going, going thank oh, god you're here yes, exactly and I was, there. It was like a million degrees out right too, it was right? a million degrees and um and from then on it was just phenomenal and you know um and, and there's some you know basic things we worked on the mounting block but she I'm, you know, now I'm able to get on the horse, get get on hot day, which I had not been able to do because he wouldn't really, he didn't understand how to stand still at the mounting block, and they, you worked with me on that. So not only there's just some practical skills around, you know, just being able to smoothly work with your horse and and have a sense of calm around, you know, tacking up and and mounting and just basic things you need to do on the ground, but also you're absolutely right in terms of. Um, and very much translates to the things you're going to want to accomplish under saddle and dressage and, and all in any discipline, I think. Yeah, for sure. One of the things I've noticed working with, you know, all different types of people mm -hmm. is usually whatever challenges or frustrations they're experiencing under saddle. And it doesn't have to be something dangerous or crazy, but just something like consistently. Mm -hmm. I can't get a leg yield to the right, whatever it is. It almost always shows up on the ground first. Uh, or it's easier, mm -hmm. sometimes it's easier yeah. to see on the ground in, in the case of like the leg yield thing where you can go, hey, which foot is stuck? Like yes. when you watch someone work your horse on the ground or you then, you can actually look down and see the whole foot as opposed to when you're under saddle. Absolutely. And so I find that really interesting about it too, um, that it's all very much related. Yes, I think that is 100% true. And it's interesting just doing some of the groundwork and, um, you know, doing some of the exercises, you can really see sort of which side he's more comfortable in and more comfortable yielding away from, you know, um, and yeah, so I think that is 100% true. All of those things that really are very revealing and not only physically, but mentally. I think yeah. that's a really big, a really big piece of it as you really learn. I mean, I've just learned so much about my horse's mentality and what, how he thinks and what things he's sensitive to that are just so helpful under saddle um, as well. And it's interesting because circling back a little bit to Teddy, um, I hadn't had a lot of the training and some of these principles that that are used in horsewise necessarily when I was working with Teddy very much, but we did do a lot of work in the round pen and we did build this lines of communication that unknowingly, you know, um, I think were so beneficial. You know, I would just put them in and we'd lunge them to, and and do some some groundwork certainly, but um, but it really just yielded so much benefit in this relationship I have like 
pure trust in this horse um, in a way that is just, you know, for me, that's the foundation of any riding that I do. And, and it's the most important thing and the most enjoyable thing is to have trust in your partner yes. um, and have that, have that communication going. That is by far the most rewarding thing. Um, and, and I think, I, as I mentioned to you, you know, now with Hade, um, getting him through that gate, I mean, I literally cannot remember a moment that I felt more joy or sense of accomplishment when he walked through that gate. This and is when, you, when you were alone, too. When I was alone, that's right. right. I had told you the next day, and I thought, I deserve an Olympic gold medal. You because do. Because I just you got my horse to walk calmly <laughs> through this gate. So to me, that's sort of what motivates, motivates me a lot. I mean... Eventually, it would be nice to go to shows and do well and um, and achieve some scores that I feel good about. But um, for I'm now, sure that will happen. Hopefully, too. I'm <laughs> hopefully. sure it will. Uh, with, with Nancy's help, hopefully we'll get there. But um, um, the the journey has been um, really cool. Well, cool. I have one more question for yeah. you, and that is almost everybody I know who has horses. Uh, you go through different phases. We have different goals with horses, or sometimes you don't realize you're about to change your goals, but you acquire a horse or your horse develops an issue you have to help them with, like Teddy's back or whatever it is. Yeah. But overall, would you say, how would you say horses have changed you personally and how you deal with your life outside of the barn? Oh gosh. Particularly there's... maybe in the last couple of years. I'd yeah, say. you know, that's funny. It's a question I think a lot about. Um, because I think there's so much applicability uh, to life outside the barn, um, um, both as a parent. I think there's a lot. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of principles that I've been thinking about that, um, you know, the one thing I was actually thinking that you had, this is a little skill, but I think it's an example of this, that um, when Hade was pulling back on me, you said, well, one of the things you can sometimes try is just to walk in and give to the pressure. So you're kind of taking away this power to pull. And I actually was telling a friend about that. I sort of think that has an applicability sometimes to raising teenagers. <laughs> that, you know, that you're, if they're pulling hard, the last thing they would expect you to do is maybe give a little. And then it kind of catches their attention. Right. Um, so they're like, wait a minute. I don't really right. want this much freedom. Right. Exactly. Wait a minute. Where'd you go? Exactly. If they're putting up a fight, you say, well, all right. I'll, you know, and they say, wait, wait. Whoa. That was, I was braced for a fight. And you just kind of took deflected away all. De yeah. and deflected and deflated me a little. Um, yeah, exactly. So, um, so I don't want to deflate my kids, but certainly deflect. Um, <laughs> Deflate the tension. Deflate the, the tension. tension. That's what I meant. Yeah. Yes. You don't want deflated kids. No, no, they, not They at just all. don't look right around the house. When Made deflated. Right. <laughs> I know, exactly. Um, but there's, I think, so much applicability in terms of um, just being sensitive and a listener and being sensitive to my body language. Um, so I think there's, you know, that's been an interesting thing uh, in terms of just being aware of how I'm in the world. But um, yeah, I think it's just having horses and, and doing this work has just been so incredibly enriching. I'm, um, I, yeah, I can't even begin to say it's just it's just really just changed my life. And I'm you know I'm I'm more almost a horse obsessed, horse crazy, forty seven year old <laughs> more than I was at this age seven. Um, but I just you know because it's just an endless stuff. Uh, endless amount of things to learn. So, well, that's yeah. so great. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. Well, thank you. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Me too. Me too. What I love about Jennifer is how she focuses on her relationship with her horses. She's committed to lifelong learning to make things better for herself and for her horses and for their riding partnership together. If you would like a free study guide on the Horsewise exercises she learned with Hade and Teddy, please go to our website at horsewisecoach.com. You can download a free copy right from our homepage. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day.